All right, folks, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. We're continuing on in our study of John, and we're going to be finishing up chapter 16 today. And then we got one more chapter in this third section of John, which is his high priestly prayer, which we're going to look at next week. But what we've been doing with our series is this. We've been trying to get to know Jesus. And and I've mentioned it it to you before. What we know about him, while we may know a lot, and, you know, for me, I've studied and, and I've been a believer for a long time. I think I know a lot about him, but the reality is I don't know a lot about him. I'm constantly learning something new. So even like yesterday... I, I was reading a book about some issue, and, and they were making mention of the, the temptations of Christ that he faced with Satan. And, and the author didn't bring out this point, but I was sitting there. She made one point about the temptations there were to do good, but in the wrong way. But then that provoked my thought to think a little bit further. And I thought, yeah, you know, isn't it interesting I never thought of this before, but if you look at the three temptations, what are they? Turn stones into bread, jump off the pinnacle of the temple so that people can see how wonderful you are, bow down to Jesus so that you can uh, get the king, I mean, bow down to Satan so that you can get the kingdoms of this world. And I thought, now isn't that interesting? Those were the temptations. Satan was trying to shortcut him to do it his way, but Jesus refused. But then if you look at Jesus' life, he did all three anyhow. What? Turn two loaves, some loaves, five loaves and two fishes into what? Feeding. Feeding 5,000, did 4,000. Spectacular things. How much more spectacular? You don't need to jump off a pinnacle. Just heal somebody of blindness. Heal somebody of their sickness. Raise the dead. And then as far as getting all the kingdoms of this world... What do we know from Scripture? Jesus has been given all things by the Father because of what? The resurrection. But he did it his way. And I thought, man, why am I just figuring that out now? It's because I don't truly know him well. And I'm continuing to know him. And so that's why we're studying. We're studying John. And so here we are. We're in that section where he's giving his disciples some encouragement because he's going away. Well, we already know he's away, but we need this section why to, to help us as we're here. Because it would be great if Jesus were here, right? Because we know when he comes back, he'll set everything right. But in the meantime, here we are, how do we function? So he's giving these instructions to them to help them to know how to live right now. So today, we're going to see that he gives them a path to understanding. Because the fact of the matter is, we don't understand. If I were to go around and say to you, hey, do you really understand how Jesus is doing the things that he's doing? I think every one of us would agree, well, I may know some things about why he's doing what he's doing, but I really don't have a clue. I would say that to you. And Jesus wants them to understand. So we're going to see a little bit that's here where he's telling them something and they have no clue what he's saying. In fact, they're going to talk among themselves. Do you understand what he's saying? And Jesus says, hey, 
You're struggling with this, aren't you? Here's what it means. But from this interaction, we're going to learn some things for our lives because when we go through life, we think we know how things should be, right? We, we know if I do this, then this is going to happen. Well, have you noticed that sometimes even if you do this, it doesn't happen? And you get confused. You get like, what do I do about this? I don't understand. What are you doing, God? You ever ask that question? What are you doing, God? Well, he's going to give us some guidance here. So look with me. John chapter 16, we're going to read verses 16 through 24. Here's what John writes. Jesus said these things. A little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me. Because I go to my Father. Then some of the disciples said among themselves, What is this that he says to us? A little while and you will see me, not a little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me, and because I go to my Father. They said, therefore, what is this that he says a little while? We don't know what he is saying. Now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him, and he said to them, are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said? A little while and you will not see me. And again a little while and you will see me. Most assuredly I say to you that you will weep and lament. But the world will rejoice. and You will be sorrowful. But your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman when she is in labor has sorrow because the hour has come. But soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you know that I have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. But until now, you've asked me nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. All right, so let's, let's stop for a moment. Does it seem confusing to you? Somebody's ready to say, yeah, okay. Well, let's take a look at it, because... Jesus wants us to understand. He's going to give us a path to understanding because this is what they're struggling with. What are you saying, Jesus? You ever been in a conversation with somebody? They talk, they talk, and they're like, what are you saying? This is where these disciples are at. So here's what I want you to see. First of all, we're going to see confusion. Confusion, all right? Here's what we're going to see. Verse 16 to 18, the disciples struggled with understanding Jesus. The disciples struggled with understanding Jesus. Now, I want you to listen to me for a moment. I want you to think about these guys. Now, you say, oh, they're dumb fishermen. Yes, they're fishermen, but I wouldn't say they were dumb. They're fishermen. But here's the thing. They have spent, up until this point, three years with Jesus. Three years of listening to him, speaking. 
three years of listening to him later on, explaining to them the things that he said. But here they are three years later, and they still can't understand him. They don't understand what he's saying. I would even go so far as to say to you, they don't even understand what he's doing or why he's doing what he's doing. Would you agree with that? And I think we can resonate with that. I think you and I, if we were honest with ourselves, can say, yeah, I think I can understand how they're feeling. Because here you are, like in my case, I've been a believer since 1985. Here we are in 2022. And, and, and the reality is, I know about him and I know how he works, but he continues to blow me away. He continues to make me scratch my head and say, I, I don't understand, God, why you're doing this or how you're doing this or what your point is in this. You ever been there? You ever been frustrated like that? Have you ever sounded like the disciples? What is he saying? This is where we're at. This is the normal human tendency when it comes to the thing of, things of God. And here's what I want you to see. They did not have the capacity to comprehend what he was saying. Well, there you go, George. You said they were dumb. So when you're dumb, you don't have the capacity to understand. No, no, I told you, they're not dumb. They just don't understand because what they're looking at life through is their life experiences and what they know. Because what he's telling them is going to happen. And what is he telling them? He's been telling them for the last few chapters as we're going through this, I'm going away. They're going to kill me. And then I'm going to be back. That doesn't make sense, does it? Even to you. If I came along and we, we, you know, I said, hey, let's go out to McDonald's and, and I'll get my double quarter pounder with cheese and, a, and an Oreo McFlurry and we'll talk. And I sit there and we're, you're enjoying your cheeseburger. I'm enjoying my cheeseburger. And I say, hey, by the way, tomorrow I'm going to get killed. But three days from now, when I'm back, we'll be back here having another burger. You would be like, are you okay? What are you talking about? Nobody does that. That's not possible. Because we are products of our experiences and the things that we know. And nobody does that. So listen, there they are. They're listening to Jesus. I'm going away. In a little while, you'll see me again. What are you talking about? They didn't have the capacity to understand. Now they will later. Why? Because they will see him resurrected. They will see him raised from the dead. They'll have the capacity to understand then, right? You know, I think a lot of times when we struggle with our faith. And this is what the whole struggle with faith is. Faith is trust in him, no matter what's going on around us, the circumstances we face. Trusting in Jesus to get us through things. Trusting in Jesus to get us through the other side in the ultimate end. The thing that we struggle with in our faith is, is what? We don't have the capacity to see and understand how God can do things. But faith doesn't come by seeing, does it? It's by trusting in him and who he is and what he says. So they're confused. They, they don't understand. And I think we can relate to that. I can relate to that. 
I mean, even here in the last few weeks, I've been praying about different things and, and, and there was a situation going on and I had nothing to do with our church, but I was praying about this situation and, you know, I was aware of it and I was like, God, I, I don't know how you're going to work this out, but I, I really need you to do that. Lord, I, I think it would be best if you work this out. And, and so I'm praying and, and I'm, I'm not really, I'm like, God, I don't even know how you're going to do it. Man, not even 24 hours, boom, God answers and does that, takes care of it. And I'm like blown away. So then I'm like, why didn't I have enough faith to believe that you could take care of it, God? Because I didn't have the capacity to really see that you could do it. But he did. And he took care of that situation and everything's great now. And that, it just blows my mind. Blows my mind. They didn't have the capacity to believe. So here's what Jesus does. He gives them some clarity, and I hope he gives us clarity about the things that we face, okay? Look with me. We're going to look at verses 19 to 24. We'll take these a few verses at a time. First of all, verse 19. Here's what Jesus, the writer, writes. Now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him, and he said to them, are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said? A little while and you will not see me, and a little while and you will see me. Here's the first thing I want you to see. It's a very important point. Jesus understood their confusion. Now that, just to be honest with you, is a simple, simple, response to what's going on here, but it's actually pretty profound. What do you mean, George? All right, so here they are. They're listening to him, and they're, they're like, I'm going to be here, but I'm not going to be here, but then you're going to see me again, and then your joy will be. What is he talking about? They're confused. You and I get confused sometimes too, right? We're, we're praying about things. We don't know how it's going to happen. We get confused. And, and one of the things that we always cry out, I cry out, hopefully maybe I'm the only one who does, is God, do you see what's going on? Do you understand how I'm feeling? You ever talk to God about that? Do you understand what's going on? Do you understand what's happening in my life? And he does. He understood with those disciples that, man, they just couldn't comprehend what he was talking about. He says, are you guys inquiring, asking among yourselves what I'm talking about? Here, here's what I'm saying. He understands. Look, if, if you don't leave here with anything today, leave here with this. God understands. Whatever is going on in your life and the confusion that you're facing, the desperateness in your heart for, for something to happen, the desperateness for clarity in the midst of your confusion, for the understanding, for provision, God understands. He understands far better than you do. He understands. And he understood that they were confused. And here's what he's going to do. He's going to point out to them that this is what's going to happen here, guys. This is what I'm saying here. So here's what he says. Look with me at verse 20. He's going to explain to him his saying. Now remember, this is what his saying is, okay? His saying is this. He said, a little while and you will not see me. 
and again a little while, and you will see me, and because I go to my Father. They couldn't comprehend that, so he's going to explain it to them. So here's what he says in verse 20. He starts off verse 20, most assuredly, so he's like, pay attention. Most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. And you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. So he's trying to prepare them. He's trying to prepare them because what's going on here? Well, Jesus points out that they will briefly mourn while the world celebrates. They'll briefly mourn while the world celebrates. What do you mean the world celebrates? Well, the excitement because who's dead? Jesus is dead. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the leaders of that time, the people who rejected Jesus, who were crying for him to be crucified, they'll be glad that he's dead and gone. But who's going to mourn? His followers, his disciples. They're going to mourn and lament. Lament is a heart cry from, from the essence of who you are. As you pour out your, your soul before God, God, I can't believe this is even happening. Mourning. And, and the reality is, as he said, this is what's going to happen. You're going to briefly mourn while everybody else is excited. This is what I'm talking about, but it's only for a moment. Why? Well, look with me. Verse 21 and 22. Here's what he says. A woman when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to a child, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and, no, and your joy no one will take from you. All right, so here's what he's saying. He's saying, he points out here that grief will give way to overwhelming joy. Grief will give way. And we know that. What's going to happen? He's, he's preparing them to tell them, look, you're going to be so overwhelmed with grief because I'm going away. But the reality is, is I'm, you're going to see me again. And when that happens, you're going to be filled with joy. And so that you understand what it's like, it's like a woman in labor. And the anguish that she's going through as she's giving birth to that child. But as soon as that child is born, that anguish is replaced with what? Joy. Joy. Man, what a powerful illustration. You can relate to that. I can relate to that because I think about when, when Lori was giving birth to our children. She, she would be, I remember one time, very first Madison, I, I, I was rubbing her head. Quit rubbing my head. <laughs> it's like, that's not what I need right now. You rubbing my head. You know what I'm saying? But as soon as Madison was born, joy. Joy, right? Isn't that what? Isn't that the? the I'm, I'm I'm sure they're still physically in pain, but but that has been what Jesus is saying. That is brushed away by the overwhelming what joy of a child. He said, "You're going to be mourning and lamenting, but when you see me again, you're going to what have a joy that no one can take away from you." 
You say, okay, George, that's, that's about the resurrection. What's that got to do with me? Weeping endures for the moment, but joy comes in the morning. Isn't that what Scripture says? Ultimately, as we, we live through the hardship of this time, what we hold on to is, is that one day we will see who? Jesus. And he will wipe away every tear. And there will be no more pain and no more suffering. And that's what we hold on to. And, he, and he's trying to encourage them. Guys, look, I'm going away, but yet you're going to see me again. And yeah, you're going to be unhappy. You're going to be lamenting. But you're going to have a joy that nobody can take away from you. That's true for every one of us. That's true for everyone. Even in the midst of everything you're going through right now, you will get through it. And there will be a joy of being with him. And that's what's so awesome. So their grief will give way to overwhelming joy. Now, here's what he's going to say that and it helps us to understand. At that point, they will understand Right now they don't understand. Right now they have confusion. But at that point they will. Look with me at verse 23. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. So what he's saying, you're not even going to ask. You know, I hear people all the time. You ever had people, oh, man, I can't wait to be with Jesus. And I'm going to ask him why this happened. You ever had somebody tell you that? I've got all these questions I want to sit down and talk with Jesus about. Here's what I'm saying. Don't hold on to those questions because when you go to be with Jesus, you're going to know. And your questions are going to be meaningless. Because you're going to know. We're told that. We're going to know as we are known. You will understand. Because right now, we don't have the capacity to understand. But one day when we're with him, it's all going to make sense. And he's going to say to him, at that point, when you see me alive, you're not going to be asking me these kind of questions, folks. He said, you're going to understand what I'm talking about and why I'm saying this. In fact, you can ask the Father anything and he'll give it to you, but you're not going to have questions. You're not going to understand. At that point, they will understand. You know, at some point, folks... I mean, I'm scratching my head all the time trying to understand. I'm trying to understand why this? Why this person? Why did that happen? Why did this go on? God, I am, I am not comprehending. But at some point, we will. We will understand. Here's the other thing he says. It's actually the final thing, and, and we're going to expand on this more next week. Look at what he says two points here. Look at what he says in verse 24. He writes this. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive it that your joy may be full. Earlier he had said in verse 23, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Now, what's going on here? Well, here's the thing. From that point, they will have a new relationship with God. 
See, before, they would ask Jesus for stuff, and Jesus would do them. You know, so remember Peter comes along and says, hey, God, you know, hey, Jesus, you know, the tax collector's here, and we've got to pay the temple tax. How are we going to pay for this? And he goes and tells Peter, you know what, go cast your line out. You're going to catch a fish, and in the mouth of that fish, you're going to find a coin that's going to pay my tax and your tax. Wouldn't that be great if we could go down to Kerwinsville Lake and fish for a muskie that we opened up and there was the money we needed to pay our property taxes or something? That would be awesome, wouldn't it? But that's what he did. And so before, if they had a need, they would just need to ask Jesus. He's saying, you know what, but there's coming a point, and at that point, you will ask of the Father and he'll give you what you need. Whatever you ask. What's going to change? There's a new relationship, he says to them. Can I tell you something? For us, we carry on in that. The moment you got saved, you entered into a new relationship with who? The Father. You didn't have that relationship before you got saved, but the moment you got saved, and you can go to him and you can ask in his name. That is, ask in what he wants to be done and say, Look, Lord, I need your help in this area. Can you help me? Can you do this? Can you provide? And he'll do it. So that who is glorified? The Father. So he's trying to explain that to him. He's trying to explain that to us. Just go to him. Here's the thing. So their relationship with God will impact their prayers. Their relationship will impact their prayers to the point that when they go to him, he will provide for them what they need. I'll be honest with you. I'm going to talk about myself here. And if you can resonate with me, then listen to what I'm saying. For the longest time when I went to prayer, I I engaged in manipulation. Well, God, if you do this, then I'll do this. Manipulating, trying to manipulate him for an answer. Ever tried that? We do that with each other, right? We try to do that with God. Then the longest time, it's like the begging thing. Oh, God, would you please, please, you just say please so many times. Can you do this? You know, and and, and I went through that kind of phase too of, of, of begging God to answer prayers. And, and all the other stuff, and I even went through a phase of questioning whether or not he would do what he was going to do. I mean, that's just normal human feelings. Can you resonate with me? But here's what I want you to see. That, all that stuff that I just told you about, the phases that I've gone through with the issue of my prayer life, none of that is in the Scripture. He tells me in Hebrews... To come boldly into the throne of grace. That has not described the way that I've sometimes entered in. I've entered sometimes in crawling. Because I thought maybe he was mad at me. To be honest with you folks, he's not looking at me based upon what I've done. He's looking at me based upon what Jesus has done. And so he's telling me, come on in, tell me what's going on. Quit the shenanigans, quit the manipulation, quit the begging. 
Just be real and honest with me. Tell me what you want that's going to help you to fulfill what God wants you to do in his world. And I will give it to you. That'll change your prayer life. That relationship with God will impact your prayers. And so here's what I'm trying. For some of us here, we've, we've got to come to, we're like, well, I haven't seen prayer in a long time. Answer, George, I don't know what's going on. Well, you know what I would go to is I wouldn't go to how you're praying. I would go to how's your relationship. Did you understand what I'm saying? How's your relationship with him? If you don't have a relationship with him, then don't expect anything. Do you, know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, if, if I don't have a relationship with Lori in the way that it should be, I shouldn't expect her to make every meal that I like to find happy about. Do you, you know what I'm saying? I shouldn't be, be, I shouldn't re, I shouldn't be like, why are we having these many vegetables again? This is what, this is what I want you to understand. I want you to understand, look to the relationship. And you'll see the answered prayer. All right, so where do we go with this, George? What's going on here? Well, here's what I want you to understand. Just like those disciples in that day, when Jesus was in their midst, they couldn't comprehend what was going on. They couldn't understand. Here's the reality. God understands what's going on in our lives right now. Jesus understands. The Spirit understands. He understands. And what he does is he tries to provide you a path to clarity. Now, that path to clarity doesn't necessarily happen overnight, but it's going to get you there what? Where you realize, I have him. My hope is in him. And while there may be weeping now, there will be joy in the morning. And I have him so that I can go to him and I can bear my soul to him and say, God, I need you to do this. And realize that he hears you. He even hears your desires. There's sometimes, isn't this amazing? Sometimes I have been there and I've been like, man, I wish God would take care of this. And I'm talking to myself like he's not listening, but he does listen, right? And then the next thing you know, he took care of it. And I'm like, wow, God, you even listen to my idle words. Thank you for taking care of that. Draw your confused minds and hearts into the relationship with him and allow him to expand your capacity to understand. That's what we need. And then we'll see the joy. Let me pray for you.